0: What do you know about that, man? <laughs> that was pretty fun.
1: <laughs> you know, the lower below 80s where all the caves are. Yeah, that's I've, and we done floated that. that. Yeah, you go by some of them and man, you can feel them before you see them. Well, You're yeah, like, there must bl- be a cave right. nearby.
2: And Wetstone Creek there,
1: the, yeah, yep. the, the, yeah. the mouth
2: kinda looks like a big evil gargoyle, yep. like and then around that's where the ground is cracked mm. and there's smoke coming out of cracks in the ground. It's like I feel like the hobbit's gonna jump yep. out, or you know, Harry Potter is gonna you know, or
3: the cool places. It, it is it's one of the Kentucky's coolest places. Yep. You guys ready to jump into it here? Yep. Yes. All right, let's get it started. Um,
0: <laughs> let's <laughs> officially start. There we
3: go. I'm um, Chase Winniger, host of the podcast, Lee McClellan, co host. Hope everybody's doing well. Fishing season's here. It is. And today we have two guests, which is a little bit different. We have Stephanie Brandt and Matt Thomas. Let's start with Stephanie. Tell us your job title and what you do.
0: So Stephanie Brandt, I'm with the agency, I work in the fisheries division. I'm the assistant ichthyologist in the ichthyology branch.
1: And Matt? And I am the program coordinator in the ichthyology branch in fisheries division, Uh, trained as an ichthyologist and that's someone who studies fishes just in general. Uh, we focus on non-game species conservation and management.
3: What, what exactly is ichthyology? What does that mean? Well, just on a very basic level, it's the study of fish. And just fish in general.
1: And fishes, meaning all the different taxonomic groups, you know, that's a very diverse mm-hmm. group. Freshwater, we do obviously freshwater fishes. And uh, yeah, so, you know, Kentucky has 275 species of fish, uh, 275. about we 20, not know that. about 25 of those have been introduced either for sport or accidentally. That includes, you know, the ones we don't want, like the Asian carps yeah. uh, or invasive <laughs> carps. We got yes.
3: four species there, right? Uh, Correct. The grass, black carp, grass black.
1: carp, big head, and silver So there's carps. four of
3: the 20 that you said have been introduced, and the other ones I'm guessing striped bass and
1: Right. Things like the the that. trout. Ponded. The trout are non-native, um, yeah, and striped bass. Is
2: there any evidence that brook trout were native to like the Black Mountain area and although those headwater streams? are, What do you think?
1: No. Okay. No, no evidence. They weren't. Uh, elevation's too low. Uh, Brook trout are found in the Blue Ridge yeah. drainages, which People is pretty far right east. There. Yeah, but pretty you know, far east of Kentucky's yeah. boundaries. So, yeah, they, they were, Jim Axon
2: was reluctant years ago to to say yay or nay. Because so I've always asked him, and he, yeah. you know, Jim, <laughs> right
3: here's not reluctant. He said nay. <laughs> yes,
2: did, I'm glad. Give well, you know direct answer. That? Well, I'm glad. To, I've been I've wanted to know that for a long time.
3: Well, this is the second day this week that I've been with these two, Matt and Stephanie, because we were out in the field on Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday Tuesday. before the rain. Caught the weather right. We Mm -hmm. went down to Wolf Creek Dam and did some fun fishing. Um, Not fun fishing. I mean, we filmed a segment for the show, and that'll air sometime coming up. Uh, Not exactly sure when yet, but we caught, Stephanie caught a big skipjack. Mm -hmm. I've got video of it right here on this computer sitting in front of me. And then a couple of nice trout, and then surprisingly, uh, Chad caught a sturgeon. Um, which it worked out really well having people who study fishes with us because we were able to talk about the sturgeon and kind of talk about some of the things that you need to know. Because, well, let, let's back it up to 2007, right? Because mm-hmm. there were no sturgeon in, in the state until then. And that's... Well, until ni-
1: 1954 was the last okay. native sturgeon captured in the upper cumberland river there's a picture of that on our website there are photographs So, so we do have records of native population of sturgeon in kentucky so it is a native species that has long since been extirpated and of course this project the goal is to restore that population to
3: the Cumberland River drainage, where yeah. we have those old records. Let's start with the 1954, you said? Yes. So what would have caused that to be the last sergeant that was caught? Was it dams being put in, or what What exactly was it?
1: Yeah, dams probably are the most, that's the most frequently cited cause because, you know, dams have, uh, you know, and, and they're pervasive throughout the Mississippi Basin, have essentially fragmented Mm -hmm. the lake sturgeon's range and you know lake sturgeon is a migratory species it it needs you know long stretches Mm -hmm. of free flowing rivers uh... to to undergo its its spawning runs and and feeding movements so yeah essentially once the the dams uh... were 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 built and this is mainly the the large uh... navigation dams and 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 hydropower dams and you know, early, mid-1900s, really were the nail in the coffin for Lake Sturgeon in the Mississippi Basin, lower Mississippi Basin. Uh, so, yeah, that is probably the primary factor mm-hmm. in its decline. Uh, another is is overharvest because mm-hmm. it's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a long-lived, uh, late-maturing, they don't spawn every year, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, species like that are are just naturally vulnerable to, to
3: over harvest. Give me some rundown on Lake sturgeon. Like how big do they get?
1: Well, uh you know, and this is based mostly on information uh on, on populations north of here, Great Lakes, St. Lawrence River. Um offhand what Stephanie was it? uh for right. I mean,
0: you're, for lengths, you're getting into About like your
3: eight feet length, range for yeah. your lengths, and then you're in your two. Pounds. Yeah, you're well
0: in your two hundred pounds yeah. for a
3: Gosh. large older they're, fish. There are no. different species of sturgeons. So you have yep. white sturgeon, right. lake sturgeon, shovel nose. Probably more than that, right? Atlantic, powered, yeah, yeah, powered.
1: At Gulf. Yes, there's there's several species uh, in in two different groups. So. You know, lake sturgeon are in the genus Acapenser, and then, like we were talking about earlier, shovelnose sturgeon, mm-hmm. which is a smaller species, in the genus Scaphorhynchus. And they look different, you know. They, the Scaphorhynchus, the shovelnose, and pallid, the one that's endangered in the Mississippi River, have a longer snout. They're mm-hmm. more thin-bodied. Uh, the Acapenser genus you know, has the lake sturgeon, uh, Gulf sturgeon, Atlantic sturgeon—they're shorter-bodied, more robust, have a shorter snout. Uh, so yeah, you have these two different groups, and you know there's several
3: species. Because people, you know, think about it, sturgeon probably generally—like your gener- most people out there probably just think sturgeon. Don't mm-hmm. realize. And you see these videos of people catching these 300-pound monsters. and sturgeon. Yeah, the, the white sturgeon. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what the, you know, top-end ability of these sturgeon that were that we're restocking big. 100 years down the road, how big they could possibly be. I thought sometime at some point I'd heard 100 pounds maybe. I think that's a reasonable uh, guess
1: for how big they could get this far in the southern part of the range. We really don't know how big they got because we just don't have a lot of data on sturgeon in the lower mississippi historically mm-hmm. so you know i, I can't recall s- the biggest ones that that are on record but they're considerably smaller than like the world record lake sturgeon that have been reported in the more northern the part of its yeah. range so yeah we really don't know how big
3: they could get well if we said 100 pounds which is less than half of what a lake sturgeon could get up north 100 pounds is still a pretty big fish that's a yeah, big uh, that's yeah. a big fish i don't think you'd land that with the ultralight and six pounds no that uh i would take a hundred pound fish all day and it's you know it's uh one day it's going to be a really cool opportunity you know but this is kind of something that, that's a process probably more so than most fish right absolutely Cause people think fish stocking a lot of times people are thinking lakes or the catfish we put out which are made to be you know a put and pu- take a put and take resource the sturgeon's completely different and i didn't hear this from you all tell me if i'm right but i think it was a nature conservancy or somebody the longest or the slowest freshwater fish in the world to reach sexual maturity right hmm. and that that's kind of the the caveat right yes so tell me about that and kind of what's going on with with sturgeon right now how we started restocking it, them in 2007 and what's it been looking like
1: yeah, uh, well, we know they're as far as our program goes, and in Kentucky in the Cumberland, uh, they've got good survival uh, and growth. Their 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 condition is is has been good. Um, so yeah, I mean we're achieving these you know short term goals, just you know survival of stocked fish. Uh, you know they are growing, and we we have recapture data. Um, you know, the next thing we're going to be looking at is natural reproduction, and we're still several years off mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, it, it takes, like I said earlier, so long for them to reach sexual maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other question in my mind is uh, is there sufficient available spawning habitat for the fish that we're stocking in the upper Cumberland? You know, Dams were cited as a major factor in their decline and disappearance. Dams are still there, mm-hmm. so you still have a fragmented, you know, riverine ecosystem that we're trying to reintroduce the species into. But now
2: they have access to burl so rock, they, castle, they, and stuff that they Yeah. Used to not. So
1: in my mind, so there are some some large free flowing tributaries within our stocking area in the Upper Cumberland. Uh, the Rockcastle River, mm-hmm. as you said, the Big South Fork. Fork yeah, yeah, Laurel. Um, yeah, Laurel. But the dam's you know, right yeah, there. Yeah, that, that one. You no, know, that one wouldn't be. That one wouldn't qualify. That's a rough that. water down there. It's uh, possibly navigate. Buck Creek, uh, but the two big ones are, are the Rockcastle River and the Big South Fork, yeah. and we'll be looking at those. In the
2: main stem, would they go up? Just the main stem up toward the falls too.
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and people catch them and when, in that big plunge pool below
3: Cumberland Falls.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, really? They, oh, wow.
3: I've heard that before. The pl- that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's a large cool. pool there. So, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. question is, you know, will they spawn and where will that be? You know, and, and that's something we're going to be doing surveys to try to document and figure out in the years to
3: come. So what's the because what? We've been out, the TV show, has been out with the Sturgeon crew several times this year. Once to Pfeiffer Fish Hatchery, mm-hmm. and Stephanie was the mm-hmm. main, you know, the person who kind of led that segment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you all were marking, doing scoot removals and marking fish. That segment's on YouTube if somebody wanted to watch it. And one thing you said, Stephanie, in that one was that, you know, wildlife has the elk and you know, I think you the might The deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of restoration efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, elk, deer, turkey peregrine falcon um and you know like elk or maybe not elk but deer and turkey are really obvious because you see those driving down the road right elk you know you hear about it you hear about it talked about peregrine falcons you don't really see much but sturgeon live in not just in the water but pretty much on the bottom of the water right right? that's something that a lot of people don't see Mm -hmm. but it is a restoration effort that aligns just like those other ones right absolutely
0: i mean i guess i'll rewind us back to like 2007 2008 when uh our program, the ichthyology program, um, or the branch, started back in what, 2005, 2006, and yes. so um, from there, we're, our our job within this agency, you know, we have a lot of our fisheries biologists that manage sport fish. Our job is to manage the species that are not fished for, so like our non-game
1: fish species, and so and it's under the state wildlife grant program, which right. I failed to mention earlier. That is the program that that funds. our work and, and the lake sturgeon.
0: Yeah. So in 2005, 2006, the state wildlife grant came onto the scene. It was able to provide enough funding to have a permanent uh, position here at the agency. And that's when Matt came on. I came on shortly thereafter. And then it was, where, how are we going to spend this money? What projects do we want to look at? And one of them was Lake Sturgeon because we knew that they were here historically. Mm-hmm. We knew that we, have not seen, we had not seen them in many decades at that point. And Tennessee was already in the process of their uh, restoration program. Georgia was already in the process, and so was North Carolina. So it was a very natural thing for Kentucky to uh, take that state wildlife grant money and put it towards um, one of our species that needed to be restored within our waterways. That's
3: a cool species, too. Oh, it's very cool. The more I read about them and the more that we do like hands-on work with them, the the cooler I think they are. Another segment we did for the TV show was going out and actually sampling Lake Sturgeon, and that was done on the Upper Cumberland. I believe I wasn't there for that one, but um one of the there's so many questions and i'm trying to figure out how to weave them together right because ultimately what i'm trying to get to is the restoration project really you'll you'll know if it's a success or not if you if and when you see natural reproduction right? yep correct so i'm sitting here in my mind i'm trying to get to that point of natural reproduction but i'm thinking back because we already said that it's the longest you know the slowest fish mm-hmm. to reach sexual maturity 25 years for the females started this in 2007 my mother's generation
2: ago. would be completely fine with that
3: <laughs> Yes, they would. she didn't think people should get married before
2: 25 anyway
3: <laughs> i love it so the we're still nine years off at minimum from when we should maybe expect yes. to see this but that also relies on that first age class the first stock stocking right. group to be doing well right so in a roundabout way I think I wanted my question to be, are we seeing that first-year class surviving and growing still? Or what, yeah. when you go out and you sample, what are you seeing? We are seeing some of the earlier
1: year classes. Whether we've got definitive data on the first-year class, we, we did several years ago. But in I'm thinking about the, the largest fish, the oldest fish that we've been recapturing since we've been doing uh, the recapture sampling with trot lines, yeah. which I mean, started, mm-hmm. what, six years ago? We yeah, started doing that.
0: I think we definitely get some of the older fish that show up on our trot lines. So, Maybe not the first original year class, but definitely mm-hmm. older age yeah, classes. Yeah, we're
1: getting, I'd say some of the oldest fish we're picking up on our trot lines now would be 10, 10 plus yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we And gotta, that yeah. is a smaller percentage of our catch, Yes, as you would expect. Um, but but yes, they are there.
0: Yeah, when we're out trout lining, we get a big variety of the age classes. And I'll just um, rewind to say that when we are, were at the hatchery doing the marking, that's the what well, the fish have scoots that run down the side of the body, and so we remove it's a different pattern each year, so that we can match that age class. So we know how old it is, mm-hmm. and so that's what we're looking for when we're out on the boats in the winter time. We're looking for that pattern to see how old that fish is.
3: Essentially, you could think of their scoots as like if you had a punch card and it had a row of yes. mm-hmm. of circles on it. You say, okay, this year we're going to punch the first one mm-hmm. and the second one, and the next year we're going to punch the first one and the third mm-hmm. one. And all
2: the states do the same, correct? Yeah, so across the southeast. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Across the southeast. So the scoot removal patterns are similar. Um, and then we do a secondary method of tagging, and that's a pit tag. And it's kind of like if you were to take your dog or your cat to the vet, and mm-hmm. you want to get a microchip, Mi- microchip, and that it's got a number on it. And so at that point, if that fish were to leave Kentucky and hit – you know the mississippi or the ohio and head south or north that if someone else can pick it up they'll wand it and it'll tell them that it is kentucky's fish and it
3: has moved and i kind of saw that first person the other day when chad caught that sturgeon you two were there you looked at it you looked at the scoots i think you said maybe the second and the fourth and 10 it might have been a tennessee fish might have been a kentucky fish we don't yep. know but you we're all using the same system yep. so you were able to tell which age class it was and i think yes. you said that was a four-year-old
1: we aren't sure. We're not, not sure. sure. Have that was. I would, I, that's probably a minimum. I'd say it's yeah. at least four years old. But you can look at the data. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just right. Haven't
3: done it yet. Right. Yeah. Yep. It makes perfect sense. So I think I think that's cool. The the next issue of
2: our magazine yep. is, features the story. Have you seen Rick's cover that he painted? I haven't the sturgeon? seen
0: the picture yet, but I'm really excited. Yeah, Rick's to see. painted
2: a sturgeon, and it's realistic oh, really? Yeah, that's going to be on the oh, cover of the next I can't magazine. Wait to see it's that. being printed right now. It should I be out like
3: any day. Nice. Some, of, some of the oh, most recent wait. magazines have been some of my favorites. <laughs> cool. And the new Turkey God, the cover of it, uh, is one of my fa- I know that's not a new painting, but it's it's great. And, uh, but yeah, I'm sure the sturgeon's going to be good. Oh, it, it, oh he did a great
1: job on it. Yeah, he it brought it up.
3: Some of the features of the sturgeon are kind of wicked, you know. Like, I mean, it's a relative of the shark, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well, not really. It's actually... Uh, Primitive or ancestral member of the bony fishes, Maybe, so about, it's it's fish. it's more related to gar and bowfin. Gar and bowfin. Mm. It's mm. in that same base clade or group, you know of. of fish. Some of the so,
3: features on a sturgeon are Superficially,
1: unlike, they do, and it's got yeah. a cartilage skeleton, mm-hmm. cartilage you know, like skeleton. the Elasma Bronx, like sharks kind and of rays. It has a tail, the, the fork of the tail. Yeah, the tail, the, the is tail shape and the, the dorsal fin, just the shape of the body, the color. Yeah. I mean, when people see a sturgeon, a lake sturgeon, mm-hmm. porpoise, or surface, or it, you know, they think, oh, my, first mm-hmm. thing is, it looks like a
3: shark. Maybe that's where it the dip, bull shark you know. rumors are coming from. Yeah, the, yeah,
1: well, that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
3: you always hear about a bull shark in <laughs> <laughs> the Ohio. (laughs) That's probably just a sturgeon.
0: Going up the
2: miss. And the alligators at Del
0: Hall.
3: (laughs) That's
2: more likely. I think that's actually happened. Lots of stories. We have lots of stories. stories. Yeah, no.
3: Johnny Appleseed did that. Just like the Northern Pike in Laurel River Lake.
2: Yep. Johnny Appleseed did that.
3: Some of the cool features on the sturgeon, like you said, starting at the rear going forward, the tail shape is unique. And then the scoots, which, I mean, you could, I mean, they're rock hard.
0: They're very sharp. They can be very sharp. They've cut sharp. through my neoprene. Mm-hmm. We have like our thirty-pound fish mm-hmm. that have come in on the lines. They've sliced my neoprene. I gloves. see. I
3: always thought of them as being really sharp when they were younger, and then kind of doling out. It can that's correct. Yeah, the, 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 the youngest ones.
1: It's they're really. It's almost like a thorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really. I mean, you got to be careful if you squeeze them too hard. It'll. And that's expensive. But yeah. as the fish grows, these scoots, which are basically dermal plates, you know, and they. The, the, the ridge or the keel on each scoot, which is the sharp part, it wears down mm-hmm. and gets more blunt as the fish grows. That's probably, you know, when they're, when they're smaller, when they're young, they're more vulnerable, vulnerable to predation. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a defensive yeah. mechanism having it, you know, when they're sharp, when they're young. And then as they grow, you know, they, they lose predators. I mean, they, nothing really preys on a large, an adult sturgeon. So it becomes less important. Yeah, so um, I sent
2: you all a picture of a friend of mine who caught one in a cast net getting uh eyes and shad at mm-hmm. five a.m. a couple of years ago. I sent it to both of you,
0: and I would have never guessed that that would happen
2: in yeah, a no, cast net. Yeah, he did. It was amazing. But he was like, "God, why is the net so heavy?" He's like, "What is this?" And then he's, I was like. It's a sturgeon, I think, and he texted me me the picture. Mm -hmm. Well, he didn't know what to do. He grabbed it, and that thing started swinging, swinging, smack, hit his leg and cut him to ribbons. After releasing Mm -hmm. it, they were in the emergency room getting sewn up, and it cut him bad. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point to say. Like, If you're going to be out fishing areas in the upper Cumberland and you know you're fishing on the bottom, make sure you have some gloves with you. Mm -hmm.
3: That's something that we covered in the video, and that's something we should hit on here in a little bit and another thing that's weird really strange looking about the sturgeon probably the strangest looking part is their mouth like if you if you hold one right out of the water it just it i don't even know how to describe it it's protrusible it's yeah. like a vacuum vacuum cleaner and yeah. it's
1: it's similar to the suckers mm-hmm. you know that probe the bottom mm-hmm. and you can see their mouth they'll just come out Eagle it's mouth like bass. a yeah it's like a funnel that just <laughs> protracts and little. Uh, so yeah what they're doing you know is they're creating suction you know with their their respiration, you know, and as they they move their mouth, and they basically suck in silt, fine silt, sediment from the bottom that contain these soft-bodied, you know, midge, black fly larvae and other soft-bodied benthic macroinvertebrates, and they screen that out, and then they just blow the the sediment out, the the opercle, and, you know, and so, yeah, that's just how they feed, and, would they yep. eat crayfish and stuff too they, yes you know. yep. yes
3: all crayfish or you said soft-bodied uh, you know some yeah crayfish. no I,
1: well yeah you know, as they grow uh they'll even eat uh mollusks you mm-hmm. know uh, you know they can even uh get through some uh, uh bivalve you know muscle shells and well another, they crush the
2: just. Bloop.
1: yeah no they crush yeah so they have little the, crushers uh, yeah. in their throat like a blue catfish form does. Teeth, mm-hmm. yes
3: hmm. that's, that's 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 neat that yeah that's interesting my mind was on something a second ago and then it just disappeared this has been happening more lately we were yeah. talking
0: about just the fish what it looked like yeah, yeah. Characteristics. No, it's, and,
3: and oh i remember exactly so you know when we went out fishing the other day and happened to catch that one i've got that gopro release video of it mm-hmm. when we let it go and it's the little tentacles that hang off its face, whatever those are called. Yeah, the mm-hmm. barbels. Yeah, like cat, like catfish. Like catfish. But the way that they move in the water, you know, I think that they aren't like catfish are kind of stiff coming out to the sides. Mm-hmm. The way these moved with the water was almost free flowing. You know, it looked, it it it, it was it was cool. Looking.
1: Yeah, the catfish actually, well, with the maxillary barbels, the ones that go off the corner of the mouth, are have muscle, and you know they can actually move them. You uh-huh. know. Uh, With the sturgeon, they more or less, you know, hang, and they they just kind of, like you said, they flow with the current. They when they get on the bottom, they they can drag them along the bottom. And these things are covered with taste buds, so you know that's Mm. how they actually
0: how they find their
2: food. Yeah, pepperoni detect Mm. the
1: what and and (laughs) areas of substrate where there are concentrations of these insect larvae. They can actually taste
3: them. And, yeah. yeah, when it was shaking its head side to side, those were just kind of flowing, you know, side right. to side opposite of the head movement. It was It's cool looking. I thought it was cool when I pulled it up. So essentially what we have is this, you know, big fork tail fish that's made to stick to the bottom covered in armored plating with a suction mouth that protrudes from its face and barbels that fill the bottom for a bunch of food and invertebrates and stuff like yeah. that, right? Yep. And then, you know, they also have these...
1: Structures around the head and the snout that have these sensory cells embedded in the tissue that are electroreceptive, mm-hmm. so they can detect electrical fields and movement mm. in the water, and that's another way that they can seek out areas where there's food, you know, insect larvae and other invertebrates in the substrate, and probably other fish.
3: You so, know. oh, that is. <laughs> so, do they <I> do that <laughs> better cool. than other fish do? because I just this had never dawned on me until just now but a lot of fish have lateral lines and sturgeon I don't have lateral lines right right yeah.
1: it's they've got they do have yes they do have lateral lines but line, they, but they also have these these other sensory cells, okay. in, mostly in the head and, and around the snout and the underside of the head.
3: Because when I look at a white bass or, or something, you know, it's very obvious, that lateral line. Right. That, that's primarily how the those large fish mouth bigger now, are thing. sensing what's around them, right? Is right, lateral? right. So the sturgeon. Same being, with the sturgeon. But, but then they, they also
1: have these additional uh, sensory mechanisms. That, that, Because they're not primarily sight. Yeah, they're down in the they're, dark you know, darkness of the, the rivers. For being, yeah.
3: for being not sight feeders, they have one of the coolest eyeballs, though. Like, I don't know if you all You're saw neat. that that picture that we put on the Kentucky Field Facebook page the other day. The, the one of its face, its eye is almost like a cat eye. It's gold, but it's yeah. almost like a diamond. The, the pupil's almost like a diamond. I thought that that was really cool.
0: It was a good picture. I
3: thought it, I mean, that's actually from video, so that'll be in the segment. Um, but the, just the way they look is cool. And I want to know what eats them when they're young? Well, uh,
1: that's a good question. We 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 had at one of our early Lake Sturgeon Working Group meetings, someone brought a carcass of a young, young of year, it was probably 12 to 15 inches long, or or maybe an age one, uh, that had been dried out, and it was found in a I think an eagle's nest or, a, or an <laughs> osprey nest or near an osprey nest. And it was <laughs> speculated that, uh, you know, a, a bird of prey, mm-hmm. if, if a young, you know, a juvenile mm-hmm. were cruising shallows. around in a shallow, you know, marginal area, uh, they could be great blue Herons. eaten by birds of prey. Uh, yeah, yeah a large, you know, predatory fish could. Um, so certainly, yeah, when they're, when they're, but when they're small juveniles, as they grow, you know, like I said, they, they lose yep. predators. I mean, adult sturgeon have very few except humans. Humans yeah, That's the well, main.
3: That guy. one that Chad caught the other day that was, you said minimum four, maybe five, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Nothing was eating it. Probably no, not. It was, was a beautiful specimen. There was nothing in the river that probably was probably probably Beautiful no. fish. I mean, if it, I don't know if there's a, if there's a fish, it would be the the catfish at the base of the Ohio is bigger right. than a Volkswagen. Yeah, yes, right. exactly. Right. One of those Well, my mythical... cousin was a diver down there, and he went down to the bottom and that was
2: yeah. a catfish, 15-foot-long down there. exactly. You know, I've heard that stuff for years. Maybe perspective's tough. Yeah, I know. That's right. Right. Well, well probably if you're way down there and you see a big, giant, <laughs> flathead's face,
0: you're like, ah! You know <laughs>
2: Yep. You're getting Not out. Not much to
0: compare it but, to yeah, down Yeah, perception's
2: there. tough down no, there. It's yeah. hard to I'd be kind of nervous, too, you know? I'd be nervous. Yesterday... Jason and I were on a on a photo shoot. We had a juvenile bald eagle and an adult mm-hmm. just going up and down the green, looking cool. looking for
0: we looking to We typically have eagles on us. When we're in the Cumberland. We no. we typically see I, them. Hey, they're making a comeback now.
3: One, I do want to come back to our our thing I, yesterday because yesterday, although the fishing was horrible, we had turkeys hammering on the hillside yeah. gobbling and then you, the turkey flew down you could hear the hens cutting up there and then we had bald eagles flying by so even though the fishing wasn't good it was still i still had a good time
2: oh me so. too and uh great blue heron there was one over there he just had his head cocked to me he was like when are you gonna leave my you know my feeding no, i'm ready to, i'm ready to eat breakfast well, ate, and uh you're over here
3: yep, yeah ain't more than we did.
2: yeah i know it and then he went on the other side. I moved a little bit, and he went, he walked and flew a little bit, and went right on the other side of Chase. He it. was not leaving. He was like, "I'm here. I'm ready for you to leave now." <laughs> he knew. Yeah, they're they're I, they're cool. I think.
3: So what's the next uh, so we kind of have done the overview of what a sturgeon is, a uh, mm-hmm. pretty good picture of them. Then, you know, how many fish a year do we stock? That's a, that was one of my it's things.
0: It's a it's a variety cuz some years we've had it's been a little bit harder to get uh, brood stock in Wisconsin. We've mm-hmm. had we get some, them all from
2: Wisconsin. Yes, right? our,
0: all of our fish come from Wisconsin. Wisconsin DNR is where we get our fi- the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife gets their fish. Um, it can be anywhere from I mean, we've had Low stockings of 2,000 all the way up to 10,000. Okay. So it really just depends on the productivity in um, the hatchery. If And these are species that are, I guess we can come back into the hatchery side of it. These are very, um, they have to put a lot of energy into raising these fish up. Mm-hmm. This is uh, them coming in on nights and weekends. They get fed four times a day. A lot of times they get like a 3 a.m. feeding. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a species that takes a lot of different um, groups within our division it goes from Wisconsin goes into our hatcheries into Pfeiffer fish hatchery from Pfeiffer then our transportation branch comes in mm-hmm. they're the ones that drive it out to where they get stocked and then from there it's both our ichthyology crews and some of our sport, sport fish crews that are together that do the sampling so the it's a day. it's a definitely a labor-intensive species it's for cool us though.
3: it's cool to see it now that i hear that i think we've covered every aspect of it aside from transportation
0: yeah something i wanted to throw out i just wrote a piece
2: about removing lock and dam number one at Barron. lock and dam number six is gone lock and dam and five Gain. will eventually be gone mm-hmm. what's that's going to help sturgeon in the green river system don't won't you think well
1: are, are, there, there, are there many there, no, no there aren't uh Were there historically Historically, we don't have any records, no records. Uh, but that's not to say, I mean, we know these things were in, you know, the, the lower Mississippi Basin, middle Mississippi, including the Ohio Basin. Uh, so, you know, it's conceivable that they were in all the major tributaries, including the green Kentucky licking, you know, in Kentucky. At uh, one time. So, yeah, it's one of those things. That we don't have any specimen records any evidence that they were there historically but uh, you would assume that it's it's part of its native range
2: I went out with some of the guys from US Fish and Wildlife uh, trying to find the ring pink and mm-hmm. they did find some you know the ring muscle. pink is a very very rare mussel that's the last place it's alive is the green River right. it's teetering on the edge of extinction now. There was some speculation that one of the reasons that it's declined is a sturgeon may have been its host fish. Yep. Have you heard this before?
1: I have, well, yeah. What are your thoughts and, on that? Yeah, that's possible, um, certainly. You know, there's, uh,
2: but having this free-flowing again, that's going to benefit mussels bigger than yes, uh, that, right, don't you think? Because right. there's going it, to be, yeah, you know, it, sauger. Gonna,
1: sauger is a very important host it's fish. It's going to benefit a lot, a lot it, of, lot of, of it different It should, groups. and just when you think about just, not just sturgeon, but the yep. fish community as a whole, uh, that's adapted to the free-flowing riverine environment is going to benefit from the removal of those uh, structures. So you're essentially restoring that free-flowing habitat. Now these changes, you know, won't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something that will require years, even decades, of monitoring before it, you know, sort of settles out you know i think you'll see some species respond quickly mm-hmm. and others not so quickly my understanding uh, so. is above lock and dam six some of those
2: like sheep some of those that were up in the mammoth cave area have begun to recolonize areas where formerly is too deep and, that's and a, uh, they're seeing them it's so, amazing news i mean yeah. and smallmouth are already baron river lock and dam has been out you know six months eight months yeah. now eight months Already, smallmouth are moved up in yep. those former habitats, so it's it's going to be right. that's
0: going to be so cool to watch. It's a Good thing for our state.
3: Yes. We should document that. Yes, document. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> the reason, you know, obviously, we went fishing the other day for the for the show, and our number one thing we wanted to promote opportunity because Wolf Creek Dam, Cumberland River, great opportunity. Mm-hmm. We went out there hoping to catch walleye or sauger or trout. trout or white bass or any number of species. But we also knew that there was a chance that we could catch a sturgeon, right? Yep. Um, and that's one of the main reasons that we went fishing with, with you guys is in the off chance that we do catch a sturgeon, we want to have the experts there so we can get the information out that we want to get out.
0: And we mm-hmm. went there because the citizens and anglers have let us know that that's where they're getting them. And yeah. so that's what guided us to that location. And that's kind mm-hmm. of
3: the thing, right? Like all this hard work's gone into the sturgeon restoration project and right now we're at this point where we're still maybe a decade away from any natural reproduction so it's a fragile population right yes but the word cat's kind of out of the bag yep everyone knows they're there people are starting to catch them we're getting phone calls people wanting to catch them people Mm -hmm. wanting state records established Mm -hmm. um so we're kind of at this point that it's like all right we want to protect the species and we don't want to promote going out and fishing for them while they're this fragile but cat's out of the bag so now let's let's give the best information we can yes. so that mm-hmm. when they're caught, you know, they can be understood and, yes. and handled and treated the right way to, to protect them when people are catching them. Absolutely. So that was kind of the goal the other day. So if somebody does go happen to catch a sturgeon, let's jump into that info. And, and what do you need to know? What do you need to do? Um, What should, what, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If somebody happened to catch a sturgeon, what what should they be thinking?
0: About? I mean, I would think anybody that's fishing in the upper Cumberland, that's fishing with night crawlers on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's doing night fishing, you have an opportunity that you, they may hit your line. You may be bringing one in. So if you know that you're in that area, I think making sure that you have the appropriate gear, making sure you have a landing net, which I think you know most anglers mm-hmm. do have a landing net, especially if they're we in the did. boats.
3: We did another
1: net. We, <laughs>
3: we we looking <laughs> <we're lucky laughs> to with his gloves. Yeah, we we had our gloves. We had a could, little bit of a
0: last minute making sure everything was <laughs> yeah. we could he get
3: did. out on the water and. Well, you basically you don't just want to throw them up on the rocks.
0: No, I don't throw the them up right. on the rocks and put your boot on their head and, and please don't, their don't do if that.
3: Pick them up and take a photo.
0: Oh yeah, get the the hook out, have some needle pliers yeah. with you so that you can get the hook out if you're fishing those areas fish with a circle hook so that you're not yeah. you know damaging the fish
3: if you're fishing nightcrawlers on the bottom you should be using circle hooks anyway yeah, just a word because i mean right. especially mm-hmm. if you're fishing somewhere like that with flow yes that's the only thing for catfish well you're, circle hook, that's the only thing to use you're not going to feel that bite i'm sorry no. a little sturgeon comes through and it was hard your up. you're not going to and especially with flow water's moving Yep. Mm-hmm. you need a circle hook because you aren't going to be there to set it yeah. right, there is a stink bug on my desk. Oh,
0: it's right the now. season; is they're it? coming back out.
3: I mean, he's just hanging out doing the podcast with us. <laughs> yeah, fun. we got a we got a friend. But the circle hooks are, are <laughs> <an> absolutely <laughs> must.
0: Circle hooks, uh, landing net, uh, your pliers, needle no pliers, and then yeah, as you take the hook out and you go to pick up the fish, making sure that you're supporting the body weight, mm-hmm. um, not just holding it by which I find it hard to hold a sturgeon <laughs> by its mouth. It's, mm. not, oh, like, it's, it's not, not like it's not like out. a bass, so yeah, yeah you just
2: support but the weight. That drives me yeah. crazy on those tv shows where they're sitting there going bla, 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 and holding a big beautiful trophy smallmouth. i was like right. put put it back back in the water i mean then could you can tell you then you can do your product like, placement please if you're
0: take it out hold your breath because they're holding their yeah. breath too yeah, so right. if you're running out of air go ahead and put that fish back in the water please i mean it drives me nuts
3: and that's when we held you know when we did our our shoot the other day matt kept it in the water yep. until we got and i don't think that fish ever left the water for more than maybe five six seconds yeah we
0: measured it in the water um
3: and that that was cool so basically just being able to treat it you know kind of Release it healthy is the main yes. thing, right? Yes, right. exactly. As quick as possible. Yeah, but we're not discouraging people from getting a photo or. No, you know, and well, I mean, and
0: a lot of this has been we've learned it because anglers have told us like we've been getting the reports, they've been coming across my desk. So when we see those photos, we have an idea of like what do they look like, what mm-hmm. the condition looks like, and mm-hmm. if they get a good picture of the side, then I can typically get an age class. So you probably of it.
3: actually prefer
2: them take a photo. Yeah, if photos they can grab a photo quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the body condition looks great on them so far.
0: Yes, correct? so far. And that's another thing we look at. You we look at the... Beat up. Beat up as far as beat up, like they yes. have sores, but not, yes. not so super skinny. Oh, yeah.
3: no. Yeah. When yeah. I was saying beat up, I was talking mainly about whatever the, the end of their nose yep. would be um some of those i've seen almost look like they're doled off or rubbed off yeah you know they're constantly you know
1: bumping into rocks and other things uh, structures on the bottom so yeah they that's the you know the business end that's Mm -hmm. that's getting most of the (laughs) abrasion and, and you know so yeah, that's going to be scarred up. That's pretty natural. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, typical.
3: Sometimes you see somebody catch a, a bass, right? And and you're like, well, no wonder they caught that bass. It's starving. Right. Yeah. It's, no. it's right. just like you know, paper yeah. thin. Right. But I, you're right. I have not seen a photo of a sturgeon that somebody's caught, or when we've been out sampling where I've said, man, that fish needs to eat more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because,
0: and that's something we mm-hmm. keep a very close eye on.
3: Yeah. So you're taking this project. Well, when you go out and you sample them, what what all data are you taking off of the
0: fish? So we take our we first we scan for our tag well first we look for the scoots we get the scoot removal so whether it's the left side or right side and which pattern we then you know which it is Correct. Yep, that helps us with that we take the wand over it make sure it doesn't have a pit tag to see if it's a recapture that somebody's whether it's us or tennessee has captured it in the past and put a tag in it then we do uh lengths we take it both standard length and fourth length so we go from the tip of the nose all the way to where that tail makes a fork that would be your fork length or all the way to the tip of the tail total, that would be your total, total length okay. uh and then we do weight and we don't use scale we don't use like what anglers would use to weigh fish we have a, a scale that it sits into um and now we're getting to where we need the bags for musky because our fish are getting or we've got 30 pound fish now mm-hmm. so we're at the point that they're kind of growing out of our the way we've been sampling for the last six years um I think that's, that's it, isn't it, off of it,
1: Rico. Yeah, and, you know, we take, I'll, I'll take photographs, different yeah. angles of the fish, uh, just to, uh, you know, capture any details on, on condition, uh, you know, if there are any lesions or anything that might you know, need to be concerned about. Um, but, yeah, it's mostly the length and weight data. Um, that gives us condition index, so uh, that
0: lets us know if they're getting too skinny.
1: Right, and we haven't begun doing blood sampling. Uh, that's something that may be coming uh, be to do next some year. ploidy testing mm-hmm. uh,
3: and, and other genetic testing.
0: Sexing will be coming in years to come.
3: It's hard. It's, it, it's hard at this you, because it's, they're juveniles too. Tell. Yeah, that's uh, what I was wondering. You said blood tests. I know. They're not, so
1: they're not. They're um, not. Yeah, they they don't have different appearance they're not sexually dimorphic so they look pretty similar
0: and this year we had a, a surprise within the southeast um, i group us within the southeast uh for lake sturgeon but georgia was in the middle of doing um was it georgia or north carolina that were doing surgeries they were implanting sonic tags vimco tags and they had three gravid females so that's the first in the southeast that we oh, for sure have gravid females so waters ahead of us for that uh, they're about 10 years ahead of us. Perfect. Yeah. That's
3: exactly what we would expect.
0: Then, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. Cool. And yeah. so we get to, at this point, we get to watch the other states and watch them start to have the conversations. At what point do we back off stocking and then move into just monitoring and try to start to see are these fish going to naturally Is reproduce? It be viable? Yeah. 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 So some of our states are getting into that discussion now. We're a little bit behind, but
3: Yeah. that's all right.
0: Yeah. 10 years we might be having the same
3: conversation. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. uh, now just. Out of curiosity, do our conditions compare to Georgia's? Like, where they have found that, do our do our conditions oh. like support the idea that we would have natural reproduction as much as their setup does? I think so.
1: I think uh, we're pretty they're, similar. They're you know in the uh, Upper Coosa mm-hmm. River system, and yeah, I mean it's it's got uh, it's in ways similar to uh, the the kind of riverine habitat we have in the Upper Cumberland. So. Um, yeah, it's encouraging. Good. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. They, Definitely encouraging. Know, if it
3: was similar enough where we could look at that and say, hey, there is a chance. I didn't yeah. know they made did. all the way up to the falls.
0: Yes. Uh, we get a lot of reports below the falls. There's no. some anglers that targeting <laughs> area. They'll go to, targeting to wherever that
1: area. they're stopped by a barrier. So yes. it's Wolf Creek Dam on the lower end mm-hmm. and Cumberland Falls on the upper end. There's really no limit to where They'll they move. Keep going. They'll
2: just keep going. Yeah.
1: Now, in the Castle River, we've not documented any fish above the Narrows, which mm-hmm. is that short yeah. segment of cataracts. Scary and, you know, yeah, that's, big <laughs> drops.
0: that's big. No, that's, no, that's no, big. That's south big south we now do that's another. Have fish there.
1: Yeah, we've caught. We've documented them. As that. As far up as Devil's Jump, but Devil's nothing, jump nothing above, above yeah, that. So that could be another barrier. Have we ever talked
3: about Devil's barrier. Jump on the podcast by chance? No,
2: there... I had a picture uh, back in the day, Doug Stevens. I tell you how mm-hmm. long ago that was. Long
3: time and ago. Uh,
2: John Williams and I, we went down for a photo shoot, and there was a. It ran in the uh, in the ma- or the calendar, and I was down fishing the there, but right, be- right below Devil's Devil Jump. jump.
0: Well, Matt mm-hmm. and I we took a trip out to Devil's Jump last spring, and sure enough, these fish we, were we running saw into one the in shallows the pool right there. So we just hiked up the trail that takes you up to Devil's Jump, and then as you start getting mm-hmm. to these little points that you can kind of get out on a yeah. rock and look down. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough, they were there.
3: I think that like that area is one of the prettiest. And, oh, I in love in the Big South. Yeah. I just think it's so underutilized yeah. for how oh it is. You it go is out, and out there and hike all day, and I will see another person. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. I, one thing mm-hmm. I was shocked about. I don't know what these guys were fishing for. It's probably been eight years since mm-hmm. i saw this but there were guys who were running up in bass boats down there probably within two miles of devil's jump downstream and they were really? getting up below boulders like those big boulders mm-hmm. and they were they were fishing there was two or three of them they had to be targeting something pretty you know i don't know if it's small walleye. uh mm-hmm. walleye and striper mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: they they we've caught striped bass i was on a float trip with uh, some tva and tennessee wildlife uh resources biologists back in when i first started in 2006 and we set gill nets in pools and this is far above this is actually above troublesome creek yeah and, i've been in the state th- ship line. rocking and i've been so there for a muscle we were release. catching striper wow. stripers up there and walleye I would love
2: so to do that. now I when,
1: they're in those pools they make it up you know, pretty far upstream.
2: You know yeah. the, there's a hole there at Worley. it's called Joe Shoal. Do you know what I'm talking about? I did not. Um we've night fished there and I know there's where a bunch Whirly of yeah, uh, there's a bunch of locals that were fishing. And Dave threw a crankbait over there and caught a big
1: fat walleye. Nice about nine o'clock at night. And presumably that is the native yeah, yeah. Strain in, yeah. Or yeah. lineage that we have, you yeah. know, the yeah. that's a Cumberlandian form. That uh, we know is in the Rockcastle River, mm-hmm. but it's also in the Big South, Big South
2: Fork. And they they yep. did some genetic testing to.
1: to yep. It's unique. Yeah. It's a it's a Cumberlandian endemic. Yeah, that that's the. If you see all, if you go
2: through Fish and Wildlife, especially in the fisheries, you'll see those guys from the '50s holding and yes. they're holding up these monster. 18 19 pound walleye
1: some of my favorite well, photos are well, all the 19- was yeah. right there you the, know. the 1954 yep. stur- Lake sturgeon record I was t- telling you earlier uh, the the gentleman who caught that fish was fishing for walleye yeah. so the sturgeon was an accidental capture yeah and he had he looked like Robert Shaw on oh, yeah, right. John's. The <laughs>
2: engineers had, that's why yeah. way I'd start the piece out yeah. saying, you know, in 1954, there's a guy standing holding this big lake sturgeon with a cigarette in his mouth and engineers had, and he looked like a tough old bird, you know? But I think he caught it on a minnow, so he wasn't That's at the right. Walleye. Yeah. Bottom,
1: bottom fishing, bottom fishing with a minnow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
3: pretty cool. Oh, I need to do more fishing in that area. I
2: love looking at those old Kentucky fields from, you know,
1: the Walleye Run's about to start. That yeah. location yeah. was. Maybe about a mile upstream of the mouth of Laurel River, where Nose Dock is. Yeah, where he caught that. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And of course, that was way before Lake Cumberland. Hmm. I um, yes. I caught or I have in the record.
2: It's a cropped picture, but it's from Nose Dock. It's like a picture, but it's like a you know, um, air conditioned, free ice, you know. And then there's like it's like a little postcard. Okay. You know, and, and it has I've got two of them. If you want to check them out, they're neatest. Huh. I've got that in the record, and we, we—that's where we get the picture. Actually, from. what year was Wolf Creek Dam? Fifty-two.
1: Oh, okay. So I, that was very, I, very, I stand very. stand corrected. That—that that was just after the yeah. closure of Wolf Creek Dam. So that was probably a a, re, a remnant. Yeah, that was a remnant of, fish, just like of all, all those the population big, big, that was yeah, there a before. People were catching. Well, that's yeah, how it
3: works, right? When you impound a body of water, all of a sudden. Um Crazy fish gets caught within I mean, the next two or three our years. Our state record yeah.
2: walleye is really close to the all-tackle world. I mean, it's it's a top-five walleye ever. I mean, twenty-one pounds and eight, isn't it? I mean, that's a Football. monster. Yeah, monster. He caught it in a uh, down by the state dock. Hmm. Thinking Pumpkin Creek, but
3: state record sturgeon, state record walleye, both within two years of Wolf Creek Dam. I think it was
2: fifty-eight when they caught. He caught the state record, and then
3: our smallmouth, of course, our number one record, came Mm -hmm. within a couple years of yep, of Hollow being impounded. So it's like when you get a, a, a beautiful river system like Wolf Creek or or the Cumberland River that's impounded, and all of a sudden food is. Everywhere, and you Mm -hmm. still have all those great genetics, you just get crazy fish.
2: Benji thinks that, yeah, the the all-tackle world record smallmouth was in the Wolf
3: River before. And then those dams do bad things. Mm -hmm. It's like, they oh, yeah, we got a a couple years of great fishing. And then, then,
2: boom. Yeah.
3: But, Mm -hmm. you know, Wolf Creek has provided a lot of opportunity on Lake Cumberland itself. You know, it stinks for what it's done for some of the Mm -hmm. fish species, Mm -hmm. but it's also... You know, like the ones for that tourism are tourism and economy yeah, like mm-hmm. reservoir dams that create those big reservoirs is one thing, and but the dams like i um, but the dams on river systems, like the Jim Beam Dam at Elkhorn, yeah, useless low head dams, yeah, I'll those be. are just barriers that have no purpose. Um, and if I'm it, glad to see them go, yeah, they're just a detriment. I mean, when
0: mm-hmm. they're, they're there for water, like for you know, different communities, I get that, but. And, and a lot uh, of them are Most of them are <laughs> hydropower. <laughs> and navigation.
1: And you know? yes. like, navigation, yeah. I think about the, the TVA, the network yes. of dams. Yes, I could go back really transformed on. the Appalachian yes, region, the whole of Eastern region. I'd Tennessee. love to go
2: back and float the Kentucky River, like around Camp, around Camp around Nelson and in its natural form, oh, yeah. right yeah. through the heart of the Palisades. You know, that was pool, riffle, yeah. musky, smallmouth, yeah. big rocks.
3: I mean, our audience has
0: all four people that enjoy rivers right now on the, on the podcast
3: no, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about what the kentucky river would have looked like before and it's Did all open mm-hmm. even all around away. madison county yeah. where you got like what's that rock called chimney rock or whatever yeah
2: and then there's bull hell cliff yeah. right there by paul's on the river you all know across from Boone creek and it's
0: my area well, that'd my be neck of the woods.
2: yeah that, that just thinking, you know i mean yeah. i've that campground there it's out of he would let you put in and we'd paddle straight across in our canoe and then go up in wolf creek
0: I'm guessing. Or I mean, go are, up
2: in Boone Creek. You guys will like, have
0: to do a show when they open up that huge 200 acre park. I know it's going to open up 21 miles of the river.
3: That's going to be fantastic. It's going to be amazing. When we go down to the uh, Falls of the Ohio and fish, you know, there's one spot where if you go down there and you pull up, you can see the original falls, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like yep, taking yep. a it's like yes. taking a look back in time. that's oh, it's great. great. It's really interesting. Yeah, but you literally you have to be on a boat and you have to access, you know, right. that. To, you can't yep. see it from from anywhere else. Right. You have to get out there to, to actually be able to view it. And it's literally like taking a look back at this is what this place used to look like.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. And My it,
3: granddad saw it before,
2: you know, pre-64 the when the McAlpin Lock and Dam structure went in before yeah. any of it. And he saw it back in, he was born in 1908. Wow. When he first fished the Ohio, he said, leave it faux blue. Yeah. Wow. And, um, you know, there was fish markets everywhere. And, yes. and he said, the falls of the Ohio was notorious because where you and I fished by um, the, the, the lower dam, Yep. That area was Big Eddie and Little Eddie, and if if the, if they didn't judge the water levels right, and they lost power, going through the, you know, they would go through the try to make it through if it was high enough. But if that paddle yep. wheel or whatever mm-hmm. smacked bottom, f- 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 they would get caught mm-hmm. in Biggie. He said there's wrecks off the bottom there
1: for wow. years. Boats
2: would wow. go down. They would get. They would get in that if they lost their power going through the falls. They yeah. would get in that big eddy and just get swirled
3: in and flipped and sink. You lose all your gear. It's rough, man. Yeah. That's why Louisville's there. It yep. is. A, and I've, I've heard you would probably know, you two both would probably know this much better than me, but I've heard the average depth of the Ohio River used to be two and a half feet, hmm. and now it's 25. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, true.
1: Yeah, and they have to maintain it by constantly dredging the channel. You know, <laughs> yeah, and I've seen those because tra- dredgers out oh, there. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. And
2: that's all. A lot of that's glacial. Yes. Drift, isn't it? From, you know, the pebble and all was left over from last
1: ice Age, correct? Yeah. Well, well I mean, sure there's just that. a lot of sediment that's entered the Ohio Saks. River from all the tributaries yeah, from, too. you know, yeah. land conversion of land, yep. wholesale it's conversion big river. of no, land. I, I couldn't imagine seeing the Ohio Frag River blue and, and, and you could urban see down. Well, wow,
2: that'd
3: be beautiful. Oh, oh, seeing so. the bottom of the Ohio River. No, no, that's just like, oh,
2: yeah. amazing. You know, yeah. I've, I've yeah. written everything down he ever told me. I've rack my brain any time because we'd sit up there and go to Ollie's Trolley and get a hot dog and he'd watch an old Joe Taylor that was a tug and we'd watch the tugs work right up there he was just fascinated by the, it. I mean, he'd yeah, tell me all those stories it was know, great
3: we can be happy and, and glad we're getting the dams out on the green and the barren and the Elkhorn but the Ohio River is one that's never going oh that's navigation yeah, yeah that's and hydropower and yes. all kinds of stuff and very very right. active
0: a dams. lot of our mm-hmm. yeah our goods go through there too oh
3: it would, it would crush the
2: economy yes I mean, that's yeah that, that horse has left the barn. I well think. those dams right.
3: have created like issues for species like spoonbill or or uh uh sturgeon who need that moving water to reproduce and not not all that sediment Our they migrate, the migratory, migratory fish have created like one of the best fisheries in the world <laughs> you know <laughs> at the same time so right yep. right yeah, it, yeah it's it's nuts down there I, and I'm I looking forward to going soon
2: probably
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of the coolest trips that we did because Matt and I are statewide we, we travel the entire state of Kentucky so you can find us on any given day in any given county in any given type of water body but when uh, one of the locking dams got what yeah, they shut it down and all the people got caught on all these barges and they were going to be there for like two weeks and we were on the river at the same time in our little oh, boat lower ohio, lower ohio river near, near yes Perduka. and just watching just the, how that community deals with that and all the the front boats tied up together on one spot because they were all just hanging out together and having people bring them groceries mm-hmm. and whatnot out to them mm-hmm. in their boats it was really neat that would be
3: that would be neat Oh, I mean, I, I love the, uh, the Ohio River, oh, I, but yeah. I do really wish I could see it like it's supposed to be. You know, for ship, sure. Ship sailed. Ship. No, Granddad said deal, back
2: yeah. in the day in the summer before McAlpin Lock and Dam that you could wade across the river mm-hmm. there at Louisville. Oh, mm-hmm. This is man.
3: when at drought time you could mm-hmm. wade across it. At Otter Creek, apparently there was a spot, too, where it was a crossing. There's an S-bend um, that, in the river at a, at Otter Creek Park. When you're up there at the convention center which is really mm-hmm. just a condemned old mansion yeah. Um, and you're looking across the river apparently that was a crossing spot which I, I've always hmm. thought that would be cool you know good you luck can, walking across Buffalo yeah. migrated yeah, across
2: right. but in those spots in yeah. Ohio where there was like a major tree of like yeah. otter yeah. coming in
0: Someone was telling me, was well, it back here in like, the...
2: here the Kentucky River, too. Oh, yeah. Right there. Well, yeah. It's what blizzard, Buffalo Trace. Buffalo yeah. Trace. That's right. Was it the was blizzard
0: a, of 78 that they said the whole river froze? People oh, yeah. Walked people, all
2: the way across people it? People drove yeah. uh, Volkswagen Bugs across the river I'd that like year. I'd to see that. 77, 78. That was... Right. That sure. was wow. also...
3: The wow. year that coyotes apparently came into the state in yeah. numbers. because yeah, They th- came across, yeah. They yeah, think they across, across the river. The river. Yep. Before that point, I mean, we had coyotes because they probably crossed bridges. And, you right. know, there was probably a couple yeah. brave ones that swam. But apparently in 78, that's when the numbers mm-hmm. in Kentucky got big enough that we support, have coyotes now. Yeah, you support know, like, full populations. And now they're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It is crazy. That's I know that. Rough winter. I lived through that one. Yeah. Yeah, it was a now, now, now the
1: armadillos
3: are... We were out of school for a month.
1: From... Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Matt and
0: I, on our last trip, we had 12 uh, roadkill armadillos uh, last Kentucky. year. They're
1: yeah. moving from yeah. west to east. Well, they are yeah. big time. That's the, right. the first
0: time we've
2: Missouri seen that Missouri Blue Hill, I see them constantly, and I'm going to the Ozarks to fish. Yeah, if I've you
1: go to there. west western Kentucky, I'd say... There's a good chance now. <laughs> west of, you know, like... Uh, the big rivers. or Madisonville, yeah. you know... It's certainly in the Jackson Purchase yes. region,
3: they're a regular site yep. along the road roadkill. We find them while we're rabbit hunting. Like yeah. we'll find dead ones and I remember the first time I ever saw one, I reached out and for some reason I picked this dead armadillo up and Chad was like, You know they have Le- seed, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. Whoops. Last year there were two in uh, Shelby County. There was one really? right off exit thirty two in mm-hmm. Shelby County dead on the interstate. So they're moving, yeah.
1: Well, I reported one that and my wife saw it on a Facebook post. Someone that uh, her family member, because I'm from Pike County, it was all the way South Williamson, the oh, tug, wow. tug Fork. Yep, that's a
0: ways. So wow. I mean, I they South are Williams. certainly
1: statewide. I mean, yeah, they're making it that far. <laughs> I, I still wonder how that one are, ended up there, but I was they're at are like moving around
2: on the Buffalo National River. Mike and I were putting on our Wade boots, getting ready to go wading. We kept hearing this weird <laughs> crunch, and look over, and then we heard digging. And we, like, that's a big
1: old armadillo
2: just digging the ground. I guess they lot. eat grubs, don't they? Yeah. Plant, I guess Do they eat plants too, or just insects? I think or it's
1: insects, but I'm.
2: But they, they, they him digging them, them I digging I like know. that. And it was like, wow, he could care less. We. Well, were they there.
1: certainly are diggers. I mean, yes. that's yeah, it's he was And digging, they can dig really quickly too. I think to get away from predators
3: or people you know how the one of the reasons they get uh killed on the road so much though is their defense mechanisms yeah but they're literally when they get scared they jump into the air and curl up into their ball yeah (laughs) Yeah. and that causes the you know a lot of times we've all been driving down the road and we've had a squirrel go right under our car right armadillos don't go under your car they jump into it
1: we Hmm. Well, we had
3: one, we were
1: driving the Trace down the, the LBL, yep. the, the Trace, uh, yep. the Scenic Byway, and had to stop. There was one in the middle of the road, and I mean, it was just kind of wandering around yep. in circles, like it was disoriented, middle middle of the day, afternoon, Did, and it we, would hit, it, it could have, it, if we hadn't stopped, I mean, it could have, yeah. would have easily been hit, roadkill, yeah. uh, but Made, made me wonder, you know. Well, if, if this is how they are on mm-hmm. on the roads, it's mm-hmm. no wonder there's
3: so many dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, we'll have to talk to somebody about armadillos. We're gonna have to. That might be out, a good show. Figure <laughs> yeah. out who that person is. <laughs> John, <laughs> John, is. McGregor. John McGregor yeah. would be yeah. oh, a good one. Probably would be McGregor. Yep. Yeah. Because he yeah, honestly, John could probably do all species. <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
1: <Isn't> really <laughs> any no.
3: any animal
1: curiosity. Mm-hmm. John's your man. Yeah. yeah
3: still, my girlfriend, you know, she's she's all about wildlife, and I still think the. The one of the most fun days she's had is when she was out hiking at Mammoth Cave one day and she ran into John McGregor accidentally and spent a couple hours in the woods with him. And mm-hmm. I wish I it's could. It's a good day. You know, mm-hmm. well, being enlightening. Yes, you learn a lot. I'm just glad he's you know, 74 and happily married because yeah. I might have lost her that. Day. <laughs> 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 he's still out there thumping it too. You know. Yep, yep. he's yep. still
0: out in the field.
3: That's yep. great. Yeah. Uh, you can always recognize his. Uh, he has the the herp license plate, yep. the mm-hmm. custom plate. as far as sturgeon goes what else do we need to cover I'm sitting here racking my brain looking at the few notes I wrote down today well, all mine we've covered. Yeah, I think we did. And, what, and, what and we, we can't hitting?
2: certify a state record because no. you can't keep them in your possession. Yeah, I think correct. this is
0: a good time to talk about that. We won't have a new state record for a, probably another decade at mm-hmm. least. Um, you can't to get it to get certified to have a state record, it has to go to a certified scale mm-hmm. and at that point you are harvesting and pulling that fish out of the water yeah. and we cannot, I mean, it's we ever it, we have a no harvest red. Yeah, yeah. So while I understand that everybody really wants their that record. Uh, it's going to be a little while yeah.
3: Buddy before of mine, we can do that. Yeah. Buddy of mine's one who wants the record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he, he would have he broken it a couple times yeah. now. But at the same time, he's also a person who loves sturgeon, right? And he he understands the reason for it. you know yes. he's he's all about safe handling and and yeah. like really promotes the conservation of sturgeon so he wants a state record but at the same time you know and that's how most people are the person who would probably complain about not being able to get a state record is probably the person who got it incidentally right and Mm -hmm. is like you know doesn't really care about sturgeon or know about them but i think the people who are in the know and really appreciate the species probably appreciate what we're trying to do yes absolutely i I will say
0: just based on what we have coming on trot lines our big fish is about 35 pounds right now
3: yeah he holds our biggest fish this guy holds another state record um i can't remember what it was but he Mm. he's 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 broken the, the state record sturgeon before but he just released it i'll show you pictures when we get done here
1: i think i may have seen i know i saw one photo i can't remember who sent it via email it was a big fish. Does he guide on? Yeah, the the guy, the Jeff Bardow. That that was, was a pretty guy. big fish. Up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fish. Yeah,
2: I think it was sixty-four inches of every size. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the one. So, that would yeah, be that, that was, was, would be the big fish. <laughs> well, we
2: we used that picture again in the piece saying. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I'd be curious to know now that that could be one of the original stocking classes. It was impressive.
3: Did we have a, did, Were those pictures good enough to provide any info? Because I remember when, that was just last summer. Wasn't I think, it? yeah, I they think just so. took a picture and put her back. Yeah. yeah. Well, Which. at least that guy knew what he was doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, our fishing yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. And really not our fishing yesterday because it was pretty bad. B-
0: but we caught fish, so it can be oh, terrible. that was Tuesday. Oh, that's right. I yes. Yeah. About, You're I'm talking about the everybody. green. Yesterday,
3: yes. was, we, uh, we were not quite as lucky um, yesterday. But after you know we fished for a while, we didn't have any luck. Water was low at Green River. We were in the tailwaters. I saw a walleye feeding right in front. Of, we watched it. I I mean, really that's it. neat. I thought it was going to get your bait for sure. Yeah, I
2: mean, I threw through, and it was like, I'm sorry, there's real things here, and it's really low, and I can see you. So, bye. <laughs> have fun. I'm not hitting your balsa-painted thing. I'm going to eat the real deal. After, I want, I'm hungry.
3: <laughs> after we got done... Um, fishing and having no luck i said i'm not leaving here skunk so i went up to the box and i was like i'm just going to catch a fish and i could see a musky swimming around down there and I, I did everything i could to try to catch that musky and he wouldn't bite my lures but he swam over there and he ate a crappie bait that somebody had a little <laughs> orange and yellow crappie jig <laughs> you know, well, this guy was fishing an ultralight with six pound test and of course that's 30 feet from where you're oh, fishing man. down oh, to wow. there. so oh, he wore wow. that fish out and they got it in a net and were able to get it up <clears throat> and afterwards i got to talking to him and it turns out he is from washington state and he was just here for a month and uh, but he's coming back to kentucky he comes like i guess maybe two months out of the year or something and uh, so I started having a conversation with him about fishing, and he started telling me, you know, I really want to catch. A he said, my biggest problem with fishing in Kentucky is I don't know where to go. And I was like, well, let me show you this app. All <laughs> right. so, I downloaded so, the app this yeah. week too. Mm-hmm. So I pulled out the the Boatfish KY app that just got launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mar. It was earlier it this just month. Recently yep. launched. Yeah. The the Fish and Wildlife Foundation sponsored it, and you know we worked with them on it. Our Fisheries Division did to provide the info. But the app literally lists either by alphabetically water bodies, like a searchable list, or you can go to the map, and the map has every public access site in the state, a pin on it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you can just hit, you know, my location, and it'll do it by distance from you. So for this guy, it's like, well, if your biggest hangup is not knowing where to go fishing, not knowing where public access is, well, this solves your problem. You yes. know what I mean? And then after I showed him that, he's like, I'd really like to catch a a flathead. I've never caught a flathead before. I was like, well, it also rates them by species. (laughs) So you can, you know, you can see literally flathead catfish. You know, it's rated one star there. Might not want to try that water body, but. There's some good ones in Statewide. Statewide. Any, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's impounded
1: or (laughs) Mm -hmm. just find a pool on a river or. Well, I, I knew big people big fallen sunken tree, and, and
2: then take little bluegill, try to catch little, right. release the big ones, and then throw them up along, let them go down bluff walls, and bam at night and catch some nice flatheads.
3: That's kind of the thing about flatheads, though. You know, you don't necessarily catch them on cut bait. No chicken livers, because they, no. they're they, that, that's what I respect about the flatheads is mm-hmm. that they're the predator of the yeah. catfish. If you ask me, right? They, they taste good. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're probably the best yeah. tasting fish too. I, I, I agree. Think so. I and I that agree. probably has something to do with the fact that they hunt yeah they're not eating
2: carrion and grow. they're eating live you know stuff
0: well i have to say chase i downloaded the app and i was able to get my fishing license on it and it oh, saved right. it right yeah, there you, you can
2: save so, your license
3: on there so, so, so i carry didn't have to go run
0: me. to Anywhere to get it. I got it right in my living room before we headed out.
3: You know, I have not (laughs) actually printed my new license yet, but I do have it downloaded to that app. Me too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I do want to print it when I get the chance. But at the same time.
0: I haven't printed mine yet. (laughs) I've
3: got mine in my pocket. Like right now, my battery on my phone is red. So that would be the bad situation. But you don't need self-service to access your license through the app. It downloads it. So even if you have no service, you still have your your license right there. So the Fishbow KY app is something that just came out, and I wanted to mention it and it kind of came up for me organically yesterday talking to that guy and he was you know telling me oh i just don't know where to go fishing and i was like well this app is literally designed to solve your issue and it just came out so that's something i wanted to make sure we mentioned today boat fish ky Mm -hmm. and it's really geared towards people who boat and fish that guy
2: you were talking to yesterday yeah Mm -hmm.
3: exactly he was an interesting guy and i mean he did a good job playing that fish now the reason we kind of got to talking is because he uh he wanted to give all the credit in the world to his rod. As soon as I walked over there, I was like, "Man, that's impressive! You got it on, on that little rod." He's like, "Well, this is a G Loomis." Was it a Loomis? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Well, I just happen to like you, worn out." Yeah, know. So, well, because Chase was fishing this, I didn't yeah. bring my
2: Loomises. I was afraid I'd break them. No, <laughs> Chase
3: brought his. I absolutely love mine. I'm, you know, I have three and I love all of them. Well, the thing i love about them is that i break my my rod have every fishing rod i have has a life expectancy of about two years Mm -hmm. um so a lifetime warranty is really really oh that's really nice yeah i mean that's a Mm -hmm. fee but at the same time you know if you're if you use your gear it's worth getting gear that can be replaced and and, if you're
2: an
0: active angler
3: really sensitive and light and does a great job playing but it was fun catching that but it was frustrating because i mean I was watching that muskie swim around that box, and I ran a spinnerbait across it, like right in front of his nose. Didn't want it. I ran a swimbait right across his nose. He didn't want it. And this guy's over there with a a crappie jig under a bobber, and for some reason, that was the Well, that little,
2: he wanted a little snack.
3: Yeah. Appetizer. It was a 39, and I'll tell you what, I give the guy credit for this, too, because he wanted to keep it if it was a keeper, right? 40 inches. Mm -hmm. And uh, he didn't have a tape measure. He had a dollar bill and a rope. So they took that rope and they got the length of that muskie mm-hmm. with that rope, mm-hmm. and they took his dollar bill and he started laying it out, it out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You need, um, the what? Six of them plus four inches. Mm-hmm. Six inch, a dollar bill's six inches, right?"
0: I've not I
3: have used, used this, this before. before. Right. Yeah, it sounds right. So I have to use this crazy thing called tape measure. So yeah, well, he didn't, but, have, but we didn't. He don't <laughs> have one. Yeah, so so I was like, "You got to have a uh, six dollar your bills.
2: Leatherman tool too has." On the side. On the it has. side, yeah. I folded mine out before and did that yep. to measure
3: a fish. Well, ultimately, this muskie was 6 dollars half dollar bills long, which in my mind, 39 inches. And it might have been 39 and a half. But he put it back on that net and lowered it down, and it swam off. And it swam off just fine. So I was like, well, you know, that's probably the right thing to do there. They do patrol that area. Yeah. It's best to be Mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. Those conservation officers at some of those tailwaters, you know, that's where a lot of the stuff happens. And they really have an eye on it. Yeah. And at Green River especially, they can sit up on top of the damn wall. You know, watch the, from above. Watch with binoculars mm-hmm. from up there, and then um, so you know you you always want to play it safe and be legal. But mm-hmm. just know that if you're in a tellwater area, there's a good yeah. chance somebody's watching. Yep, right. Yeah. So, I, I, guys, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really have anything else I wanted to cover today. I pretty much, I think to, we've done it. I wanted yeah. to talk sturgeon, and I wanted to just get the fact that hey, there's a new mm-hmm. fishing app out there that's really useful. If you're even if you, I uh, assume people listening to the podcast like to fish, but even if you're just going kayaking, right? Mm-hmm. I can get on here right now and there's access sites within fifty minutes, like a a, a drive that I would do to go kayaking that I never knew existed. You know, like you could sit here and with just access sites on moving bodies of water, you could probably plan out ten kayak trips a year for the next twenty years and mm-hmm. never do the same one twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yep. it's a good resource. I it's I'm not just saying it because, you know, we work with the department, and it's an app that's related to the department. Like, I actually think it's a, a good app personally. So something that I would suggest people at least download and play yep. around with and see if it's for you or not. So,
1: Absolutely. And it's free.
3: Yeah. Like, ultimately, I think it has legitimate value, and it's free. So why not give it a mm-hmm. try?
0: Yep, exactly. So,
3: that's what I had today, guys. I don't know if you want to throw anything else in there. If not, we can get some lunch. Look for the magazine. Yeah. It's yep. going to be here any yeah, day. Yeah, look for the solid. magazine. We'll and, have the and, episode and, and, and coming out Rick's on... Excellent, excellent cover. It looks fantastic. Yeah. When is uh, so?
2: This is the spring issue. Yes, and it's being printed right now. I mean, it could be here Monday. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to know more about lake sturgeon, you can see the spring issue, and Ooh. then we've got our
2: and our in a couple video weeks that come up. Yeah, on, that the, this segment will run in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'll anything?
3: be honest with you, this. This we there's probably more information specific to lake sturgeon in the sturgeon tagging segment mm-hmm. that we did past yep. this past spring, which is on YouTube, and also in the sturgeon sampling segment which is on youtube as well that was from a month or two ago and we still
0: have the old ones back from like 2009 10 there's some old lake sturgeon videos
3: But this the Mm -hmm. video that is literally it's on this laptop i haven't gotten a chance to start on it yet but whenever it airs it's probably going to cover more of the safe handling and you know if you do catch a sturgeon here's here's what you need to do with it type deal but also general fishing opportunity because we caught some i mean some of those trout that day Yep. Or beast. Yep, I it's mean, a good day. Beautiful, beautiful trout. I, mean, I wish if I lived closer to Wolf Creek Dam, I would have some trout recipes. Heck like, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. be keeping seasonings in the cabinet specifically. Mm-hmm. My best
2: trout days mm-hmm. ever have been on Combee. Yeah. Crushed.
1: Have, have any of you caught the cutthroat trout? I haven't. Uh, you I've know caught, anyone who has? Um, well, yeah, I has. do,
2: and and I may have. No, I didn't. I caught bunch of little brooks i've not caught the cutthroat yet we but caught it a now, i've caught them in arkansas
3: but. we caught cutthroat drift fishing cumberland mm-hmm. um only one i think when we caught one oh, last year or the year before had to be last year or the year before that would make sense right mm-hmm. we were with a guide troy humphreys drift boat fishing yeah and uh the guide told us that it was a cutthroat i i wasn't there but you know i, I trust that it was i'd have to go back and look at the footage but i think so I haven't seen one, and I've never caught a brown on the Cumberland. Only in Hatchery Creek, Uh, everything I Mm. catch in the Cumberland's a rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah,
2: I caught a monster on a
3: little marabou jig
2: at Winfrey's Rocks. (laughs) Winfrey's Rocks. Mm, That's my biggest brown ever. I'd really got my trophy fish from that
3: one. I'd really, I like the, I like the trout a lot, but I'd really like to go catch a moving water Cumberland River striper. You know, I catch stripers on the Ohio River from time to time. You see
2: him in that section above Winfrey Sperry. Mm-hmm. God, that that big hole is oh. striper heaven.
3: Well, the reason I want to go catch one on the Cumberland so bad is because of a day I was out there and we were trout fishing, and we got done with the 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 float. And I was sitting at the boat ramp waiting for the truck to come back with the shuttle, right? And uh, all of a sudden, out in the river, it looked like, I mean, fish were just. It was a striper feeding frenzy where oh, I guess wow. they had chased some some bait, maybe some trout probably or probably trout. trout. <laughs> they they had chased something up. And it was as the water was rising, they had opened Uh up the generators a little bit, and it was just this explosion of huge fish out in the middle of the river. And I had, there was a fishing rod laying there, and I grabbed it. I think it just (laughs) had like a rooster tail or something on it. I was making every cast I could, but they didn't want my rooster tail. You know, a glide bait that looked like a trout would probably be Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty nice. Um, one of those with really nice action. One like I had until yesterday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I didn't
3: break it off. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, it I, I
2: donated too. <laughs> <You
3: know. laughs> I lost six heads
2: yesterday to several lures myself. That's, that's so. part of fishing. Yep. yep,
3: part of it. Yeah, if you're not losing, you're you probably not catching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and mm-hmm. last last little tip we'll give because white bass are going to start running soon. Um, I think that this rain we're getting today along with the temperatures, means white bass are Mm going to be pretty dang catchable starting as soon as the water's right. Like I would say that as this, if we get an influx of water today from this rain, as it's dropping down and it's hitting the fishable level is when I'd be thinking, okay, it's time to go target some white bass. Mm -hmm. Because last time I went out, I was too early, water was low and clear, and I'm talking about the salt, but it should affect Mm -hmm. everywhere about the same. We Mm -hmm. just need a little bit of flow, a little bit of color, and the temperature's right now. So I would start white bass fishing, and... If you're white bass fishing, I wouldn't go to Cabela's or Bass Pro or Academy or whatever and buy the nicest jig head you can. No, lead heads with wire hooks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if you got those wire hooks, you can put enough pressure on them, bend them. They'll out. bend them back out, like mm-hmm. Yeah, so you save yourself money in losing tackle because it's not as expensive, and you save yourself tackle from being lost because you can just bend those hooks back. So that would be my only little tip there. Yeah, we'll do a white bass one soon. Yeah,
2: I? we did one last mm-hmm. year though, and it was low and clear, and we could see them in there. They were, they were. Going through, their, their, they were nice. doing the thing. They responded, And they yeah. wouldn't touch anything. We could see them sitting there smacking against yeah. each other. Couldn't catch mm-hmm. No, wouldn't, they were like, um, you know, a little
3: busy right now, thanks. <laughs> yeah.
2: right. We'll, yeah. we'll, get,
3: we'll get a good report, and we'll get on them. We'll do another one this year, though. Yeah. No All right, bad. guys. Well, I All appreciate right. everybody coming by.
0: I think we'll see you, what, next month for alligator gar, so you get yes. another big fish species I, to talk I, about I next to, month.
3: That's next month?
0: That's next month.
3: Okay.
2: Y'all come back and talk about it? Yeah. 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 Cool. We can
0: talk about it if you want.
2: Alligator. We haven't done really a lot on alligator
3: gar. Yeah. I'm fascinated yeah, on that
0: by. That project, yeah. that restoration project's been going on about as long as, I mean, mm-hmm. a couple years after Lake Sturgeon, but it's in, been in progress but for a while.
3: I want to 100% get out with you all and do alligator gar. Because we put that video on YouTube years ago, and we still get so many comments yep. and questions about alligator gar. So now we can finally answer all those people's questions. So
0: well, since we're on the podcast right now, I will say we have four species of gar, and alligator gar only out west.
3: Yeah. West-west. Yep. You know, people ask where, where they're at and, yes. you know, western. The video yep. that we put out there originally, it's a 10-year-old video. Yep. But it has that information in yes. it. But people just want it, they, they want an update. Yep. How's this going now? Because it's been a whole decade since we've yep. given them info. So. And we'll, we'll be
0: doing surgeries and satellite tagging and hmm, yep. cool. It'll be a good segment.
3: Well, I'll be out there with month. you in, next month, That uh, yep. Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank cool. you.